Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter Robinson, we are getting ready for the final major of the season. It is the 150th playing of the Open Championship. It is at St. Andrews. The golf world is a buzz. How excited are you? How sad are you that this is the final major, too? Because I am a little bit uh, sad with that. Um, I'd say seven or eight. Like, you know, it's a, it's a good time because now we can kind of start transition to football a little bit more. I mean, obviously we're going to still do golf through the, you know, tour championship and probably some of the fall swings, but, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of a natural transition every year. Like we get to see the open. I have no idea how I'm going to do because this is against majors are usually not my forte. This year's actually been okay, but, uh, this one's just so weird and. You know, I watched the Golf Digest video today of every hole at St. Andrews, and I forgot how bumpy this course is. And just, you know, some of the views, like, oh, th- these are great views. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've played video game golf. That was definitely a course that was on some of the Tiger games back in the day. Uh, you mentioned that, and I do kind of remember it being um, – a little bumpy, but I also remember having like a crazy powerful character that you just hit the ball a mile in the air and played all over it all, which is hopefully not what we see this week. Cause I'd like to see the course show off a little bit, but I think it'll be, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect Skeeter, but, uh, I guess that's the point where I turn to you. First of all, I guess we take a look back at the Scottish open and, um, what if anything, do you take from that? And Xander's, um, not repeat victory, but basically he's on a string of wins when he's been playing. What are you taking from that as we go to the Open? As uh, clearly it is uh, same country, similar Lynx golf style. From uh, now, I did not get to watch a shot. Um, I had some things come up that I was pretty busy with, but um, from what I've heard, I mean Renaissance is probably not as lynxy as St Andrews, but you know, probably some similar similar things, but. Um, yeah, Xander winning is, and especially when he's 9,900, his pricing came out before the Scottish Open. Boy, um, he's underpriced, and boy, that's just going to lead to thing. I mean, he wins the Travelers, he wins the Pro-Am, then he wins the Scottish. I mean, he's just absolutely on fire. Like, there's going to be some interesting game theory discussions there. Um, I had Fitzpatrick in one and done, and he had that good Friday. He just kind of, for lack of a better word, stalled Saturday and Sunday. Not that that was the worst thing in the world, but, you know, if he could have done just a little bit more, maybe he puts a little pressure on Xander, but, you know, I'm not going to complain with the sixth. As we look forward to the Open Championship, how much um... – I mean, because like we're looking at stats and we're looking at stats that come from the PGA Tour where the game's played a little bit differently, right? It is played in the air versus on the ground. How much of recent form statistical analysis, how much of that weighs merit and how much of it doesn't here this week? Um, it's, and maybe this is why I've struggled with this one too. It's hard to kind of try to figure out because, you know, how do you evaluate, say, at 7,100? Gary Woodland versus Ryan Fox. You know, we have pretty good stats on Woodland. Fox is tearing it up over on the Euro on the DP World Tour, but he's not showing up statistically because he just doesn't play much in the state. So it's going to have to kind of be one of those, I think, stats you're just going to have to kind of, once you are appearing strong, go with. 
Um, for the Americans, for the uh, DP World Tour guys, you know, maybe form plays more of a role there. But, you know, I think even tournament history, um, you know, even, even looking a little bit, there, there's like three Brits I'm playing. And we know, and I mean, they're not obscure Brits. Everybody knows who they are that I'm playing because they've had pretty good success at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, which they play two of the four rounds at St. Andrews. So that's playing a little bit of a role for me. So it's just a hodgepodge and... I'm not here to tell you I have this figured out, but um, we're going to try, and hopefully I get the right combination. Hopefully you do as well. What stats or style of golfer are you looking at this week? Yeah, so Tina Green is going to be the biggest one for me. I am looking at driving distance just because you can shorten these whole. I mean, this is not long. I think it's like 7,300 yards, par 72, and it's a – bizarre par 72 only two par fives and only two par three so 14 par fours i'm looking at that a scrambling just because you can kind of get into that fescue or some of the gorse and try to get out of that one um opportunities gain because right now the winds don't look that you know real big and if the winds aren't kicking up this could be we could see some a lot of scoring going on i'm looking at bogey avoidance though because you know with scrambling if you find yourself in one of those pot bunkers, you better find a way to get up and down or try to save bogey. So certainly looking there. These are probably the largest greens that we will ever see. So three putt avoidance, I think, is something you really want to look at. I mean, we're gonna see player we're gonna see some players with a hundred foot putt at some point. Just because of these double greens. And then I'm kind of looking looking the proximities, the wedge ranges, basically anything from 75 to 125 yards. Just because of the fact that you can drive a lot of these shots short, or if you end up in the, in that tall fescue or gorse or whatever, even a bunker, you might have to chip, you know, have to play out and you know have a third shot, you know, trying to get up and down from 80 yards. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. But it's just a hodgepodge of stats and trying to kind of figure out what's to do here. Um, one note here, or a couple of notes. Number one. This is the only tournament I believe we see all year. Maybe they do it different on the DP World Tour where everybody's teeing off of one. There is no, there, there are no, you know, front back splits for the first two days. Everybody's teeing off of one. Second thing, obviously the biggest factor in this whole tournament is going to be the weather and the wind. Right now it looks like the worst winds could be for the final couple groups on Sunday, but it's Scotland. It's right on the coast. That could change in an instant. So, the weather we have, as far as us recording here on a Monday night, could be a lot different come Wednesday night, or if, if you're brave enough to stay up Thursday morning right before lock, it'll probably give you the most accurate thing. And as we've seen before, weather waves can play a role. The uh, Stenson-Phil year, where they were miles ahead of everybody else, they were certainly in the right wave. I just got like lost in that memory of watching that, uh, like with live, not live from the open. I was watching that today, of course. But the uh, there's a there's a film golf film that they show of that duel from 2016. I think that's just like, oh my god, it was it was such a cool one. I got lost in that thought there as as I was uh, listening to you. But are you ready to get lost in thought with our player pool here, Skeeter? Yeah, this is um, there's some interesting. Yeah, this this pricing. I think the pricing is pretty good outside of a couple players, but. Boy, it's you're gonna have to make some tough decisions here. 
I am ready to make them. I've made a couple already. I, I imagine I'll leave those lineups as is. But let's get to it. Let's get to the players, and we'll start at the top. It's Rory McIlroy, 11-1 in the 10K plus tier. Scotty Scheffler is 11K. John Rahm, 10-8. 10-5 is Justin Thomas. Colin Morikawa is 10-3. Jordan Spieth, 10K even. Skeeter, where are you going? Who's your favorite? It's Rory. Um, surprisingly, you know, he missed the 2015 one. I think was he, he must have been injured. He was injured, yes, because he was the defending champ, and he could not defend because of a foot or an ankle or something. Okay. But, I mean – I mean, so but he, I think he's had a couple okay finishes. In Alfred Dunhill, if he's played there in the past, and should be pretty familiar with this style of golf. But you know, for, former Open champion. But over the past thirty six rounds, number one, tee to green, birdies are better and par four strokes gained. Fourth and bogey avoidance. I think those are all going to be important. Good with his wedges. The only issue, the only thing he really struggles with is three putt avoidance, which. <laughs> Is a slight concern, but everything else just rates out so well. I know he's going to be popular at 11-1, and there's certainly enough golfers you can fit in. You're just going to be smart with your build, but I think he's the clear play up, clear play up top. He's my number two, so I'm right there with you. Um, I'm going with John Rahm as my number one. I know he did not play well at the Scottish Open. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Morikawa came off of a bad finish at the Scottish Open and then won uh, <laughs> a year ago. So. Yep. So I'm going to give that a pass. I'm also going to look at what he's been doing uh, lately. He wasn't great at the PGA, but we know he was pretty good at the Masters. We know he was very good at the uh, Memorial and the U.S. Open. So John Rahm, who's been good, as you talked about, too, uh, here at the at the Open Championship. So playing this tile, t- type, of, uh, type of golf, excuse me. I'm going with Rahm. He's my number one. I've used him in uh, a couple of lineups already. See, my thing with him is, after, you know, since January, he only has one. Well, he's got three top tens. Two of them were tenths at Phoenix and Memorial. He won Mexico. He just doesn't, for me, he just doesn't have the results or the form that makes me want to pay this high this high salary on him. So that's why that I'm not really into. It. That being said, he does have a second in the century tournament of champions and. I mentioned, you know, watching that video, and some of these uneven lies, just these bumps and things like that. I mean, Kapalua, as you know, has some of those uneven lies. Mm-hmm. Augusta National does, and I don't know how much we can use it, but my old John Deere classic. I mean, <laughs> I mean Zach Johnson and Jordan Spieth are open championship winners, and Johnson has won this course. So it's a, I think it's a stretch of a correlation if you want to include Deere, but, you know, that might be one of those It's like, all right, if we're looking at similar courses just based on that, it might be like 50% Augusta, 40, or maybe maybe like 60% Augusta, uh, 37% Kapalua, 3% John Deere. And that's, <laughs> probably, that's probably too high on John Deere. Nah, we get 3% in there. I'm okay with that. Just because the uneven lies. I mean... And, you know, Molinari was second to John Deere, and then he went the following week and won in the summer of Molinari. Oh, well, get J- JT posting in your lineups then, folks. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there, <laughs> but... Uh, well, who are you going with your number two after you put Rory in there? Well, just mentioned him. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Uh, 10K. Rates out pretty well in a lot of the wedge ranges, the approach, the scoring... Not so great at putting, which is amazing for Spieth to think about it because he's always had that good putter. But you want to talk about a guy who loves 
loves the Open Championship. I mean, he won in that long playoff of or not playoff, but the Kucher year in 2017, where he basically took like a 30 minute ruling and probably got Kuch out of his thing and made like a 50 foot putt. Remember when he pointed at Geller to go get it? But um, second last year when he wasn't playing all that great, 20th and 9th the past That's few right. years, he was fourth. At, he was fourth here at St Andrews in 2015. He missed a, I think, you know, 2015 is also where he won the first two majors, so he was coming in fire, and I think I remember he he barely missed a putt from the Valley of Sin on 18 to uh, to miss the playoff, but never missed a cut of the Open. Worst finish, 44th. He's got three top tens, including a win in the past four years, four, four of those in the past six. I know he's not in the best of form, but he kind of has this ability to show up out of nowhere in a 10K. I mean that's a that's a pretty good uh, starting point for lineups. Or even if you want to double dip, it's not you know not a not the worst double dip either. Is he going to be incredibly popular? Uh, I would assume. Let's see. On a Monday night, yeah, him and Rory are the two most popular in this range. I was thinking about having him as my number two, which I have Rory anyway. So Spieth is right there with me. I guess. Uh, I mean. I- I'd have trouble not you, – you could persuade me to play JT or Scheffler too. Um, that gets my fade. My fade's the defending champ. Okay. I'm just not going more cow. I just haven't seen it. But I – you know what? I mean, we've seen it in bits because I know that there have been some hot streaks from him. I'm just fading more cow here and it, it's simply because I like the rest of the field better. Obviously, at the U.S. Open, it was good, but he missed the cut two events around there. Yeah, I, I get it. Um I'm thinking Justin Thomas, just not a okay. real great history. 11th is his best finish at the Open Championship. So, obviously, if the win lays down, he feels like the, he could fit pretty well scoring-wise, but just that lack of a history, I'm just not really into it. And I think he'll be very popular. I mean, he rates out terrifically with the stats and everything Everything makes sense stat-wise, but I just, I just haven't seen it from him over, over in Europe yet, so... Fair enough. You ready to go to the to the nine Ks? Yep. We will do it. We'll, we'll start at the top. Ninety nine hundred. Xander Schauffele, Matt Fitzpatrick's ninety seven. Will Zalatoris ninety six. Cam Smith ninety five. Patrick Cantlay's ninety four. Shane Lowry's ninety three. DJ's ninety two. Ninety one for Hideki and Victor Hovland nine K even. Skeeter, who's your favorite here? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, it's got to be Xander. I mean, the guy's on fire. He rates out well statistically. Opportunities, his wedges are good. His birdies, his birdies are better. His top is fourth. Bogey avoidance eighth, fourth and par four. Second three point avoidance. He's won two and a half tournaments in a row. I guess we'll call the pro am a tournament. Yeah, it's was like it? two days. Yeah, I'm 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 cool with calling that a half. It's a pretty good field too, for what it's worth. And I mean, he's, his history at the Open: second, twentieth, twenty-sixth, and forty-first. He's playing really well. I mean, if he was if he was the second pro- highest priced golfer, then probably not. And I think there are some game theory reasons to avoid him. Like he's probably gonna be the most popular person here. But the price is just, the price and the form are just hard to match. So for me at ninety nine hundred, he's I mean he's my favorite. He's my favorite too. Um, I'm gonna go with Patrick Cantlay as my number two. Yeah. His- his history here is not quite as good. And um, 
I don't know. I, I just have this vision of the two buddies walking down 18 together on Sunday. Hopefully, uh, without the wind going crazy, because I'm gonna I'm using them both already in lineups quite a bit. But Cantley's had uh, where did he go? I miss it. He he had uh, a missed cut here recently, right? And I got I know it's not here. Yeah, he missed the cut last year, but 41st and 12th his other Open Championships. And Cantley's been playing good. He seems to be uh, catching fire. Was really good at Memorial recently, so I'm going Cantley. I mean. I mean- he, he's another guy that could have a bunch, you know, more wins. He, I know he won Xander at the team event, but he lost in the playoff to Scheffler at Phoenix. He lost in the playoff to Spieth at Heritage on a buried lie. He was in the final group with Xander at Travelers and just had a meltdown, but he kind of recovered from that. So I'm with you on Cantlay. Um, my second... Gabby's Zalatoris. Yeah, he's my third. Like, <laughs> so I'm like with if you're, him. If you're looking for the who's Morikawa from last year, the guy who misses the cut and then shows up and wins, it's Zalatoris. I mean, his his record in the major recently just I mean Stunning. spectacular. And here's a guy thirtieth in dis- driving distance, second approach. Like he gets the ball. You know, if, if there's no win and he's just turning this into a wedge contest, that's pretty good for him. He's, you know, despite the fact he has some issues putting, his lag putting is actually pretty good. He's 13th in three-point avoidance. He's 109th in putting over 36 rounds. But he's, he's you know, 15th in bogey avoidance, 6th in birdies or better. 9,600 on draft keys. I think he's 30-1 to 1 at the book, or last I saw he was. Um, I just he's just hard to miss right now, and if if the fact that he's maybe a low, little less popular because he missed the cut last week, good. He also missed the cut at um Byron Nelson, and then what did he do the next week? He was in a playoff with JT at the PGA, so I'm not worried about that. Is Cam Smith a, a decent option here, whereas uh, he can get away with the way where it drives a little more in this wide open area? I mean, he fits the Augusta narrative. Uh, he won tur- he he won tournament of champions, didn't he? Um, he he won century, I thought, but maybe yeah, he's won both actually. That's tournament of champions. Or right, I'm sorry, I was thinking of the uh, the other one then. Why lie is what I was oh, thinking of. Oh, Sony. Yeah. He won that last year, right? Maybe he's won them both, dude. <laughs> it's a very good possibility he's won them both. Does he have the Hawaii double? Um, let's see. No. I thought he did. Oh, he no, he won Sony in twenty twenty. Okay. Okay. See, I thought he had won there. Um, I mean, fits this fits the Nair wedges are really good. Three putt avoidance, pretty good. I think the only reason I got off of him is he does not have a great Open Championship history. Yeah, miscut seventy eighth, twentieth, and thirty third. Not great. So. That's the only reason, and, and again, I because I like Xander and Cantlay and Zalatoris probably a little bit more, but I have no problem going to Cam Smith. Anything positive remaining in 9Ks, or you want to give me your fade? Um, I mean, I've seen Lowry. I mean, I, I don't know if I have a true fade here. Like, I think every single play in a 9Ks is very viable. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I, I would. Th- maybe I, mean, I, I f- maybe I fade Fitzpatrick simply because right now it looks like he's coming in similar ownership to Xander. 
Like, I'd just rather have Xander Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick's just going to be the one who kind of gets shut out, but that's a game theory fade. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll wait until you mention your fade, and then I'll talk about a couple of the others. I'm fading DJ because I'm still questioning his interest level in golf at this point. See, I mean, that was where I was at with him not yeah, too long ago. And that's fair. The only reason I don't think I can fully get off of him is, if you remember back in 2015, he was in control and there was some weird weather that happened where he, I don't think he, he finished on Friday. I don't think he even hit a shot on Saturday because it had to suspend it because the winds were too high even for their standards. And he came out Sunday and just was lost. So he was crushing it until the weather kind of really screwed around with him. But I get it. Anything more from 9K? You said you might want to touch on another player. What do we do with Victor Hovland? Because this feels like this is the perfect course for him, but his form is just not there. He was the other player I would have considered fading, but it just seems like, I don't know, it seems like this would be a place for him to, you know, you don't have to use your wedge if there's giant greens everywhere. And that's like that little short game around the green has been as, as um, one of his Achilles Hill, but really the, the major one. So I would think that this would fit him. Well, what? But then again, there's the problem of what does he do if he ends up in a bunker? Like that's that's a, that's a valid question. That's uh, that could be a little bit of an issue for old Vic, but um, I, he might be one I just bet and say, you know what? If you win, good. I mean, I need him in our league because my my team in that league is uh, kind of struggling a little bit. But hey, some of my um, golfers I can't use right now. I can uh, I can live life for once and uh, use them this week. Well, you got to live. You got to live, brother. Yeah, and uh, the main one's coming up in this next tier as well. All right, well, um, well, let's get to that tier. It's the 8Ks, and it starts with Sam Burns at 89, Louis Oosthuizen, 88, Terrell Hatton's 87, Tommy Fleetwood's 86, Brooke Kepska. Uh, that's not his name. Brooks Kepka is 85. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I kind of like that name, though. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, uh, you know, I'm skeptical of using him this week as how I'm going to absolutely play into making that word mean something that it didn't. Um, Brooks Kepka, 8,500. Tony Finau's 84. Sung JM's 83. Corey Connors, 82. Bryson DeChambeau, 81. Joaquin Neiman, 8K. Skeeter, what are you doing in 8K here? I have four guys starred. Um, I think I'm gonna go Finau as my favorite. Um, he 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 has at least one top ten in the Alfred Dunhill links here, and I think if I remember right, he's got a decent history. Really? The no, it's really good. Okay, it's not decent. It's really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no finish worse than twenty seventh. Two top twenties and two top tens, including a third uh, at the uh, uh, Port Rush. So. He, he wasn't in the final group of Lowry, was he, that year? Mm, I don't remember. Wasn't J.B. Holmes in the final group with Lowry? Uh, and melted down, or is that a different year? I thought he was with Kepka. It might be. I don't, I, I'm, you might be right. I I don't remember. I'm just going off of my, my memory thinks. Um, unless Tommy was with Lowry that year, but um, I don't know. But no, Finau's just been playing real consistent. Good bogey avoidance, good par four player, good three putt avoidance, which is odd. Don't typically think of him as a good putter. Um, good approach, and it just you know it's almost the old Matt Kuchar, Paul Casey plus. You know, like when they're always in like the mid sevens when they were 
you know, they were like all, almost automatic uses. Feels like Finau at majors, just you know, he's in the eights. He, I mean, yes, he missed the U.S. Open, but he was third at the PGA, thirty fifth at Masters. We seem to have some success at at Augusta. Um, approach numbers are are there around the greens, good. Like he's just playing solid all around. So I think eighty four hundred is a very good price on him, and I, you know, he's gonna be uh, popular as well. I think he's got to be my favorite play here too. I mean, there when, when you get into that course history, or not, it's not course history, but it is Open Championship history and the style of play. And on top of he's been playing well, and look, maybe this is dumb because he has one in the states now. But if he was going to win a major, how about outside of the United States, a la your boy Louis in this tier? So he's my favorite as well. Yeah, I mean. Louis, what did he run away with this in 2010, and then he he lost in that playoff to Leishman and Zach Johnson in 2015. So, ultimate course history, Louis in a major, and I think he actually has had a couple decent finishes on the Live Tour. So, you know, he's in play. If he wins a Live Tour event and it's in the United States, does that count? I mean, he's never won in the United States, so I would think it would count even even if I have some skepticism on the tour itself. But um. <laughs> Just curious. Um, all right, I'm going Finau as well. I've, I'm in between a pair of guys as my number two. One of them's Louie, but you mentioned him already in his great history. I think Tommy Fleetwood's got to be in play here as well. Yeah. I don't know if I'm expecting him to win this thing, but coming off of a good finish at the Scottish Open, yeah. Um, he play he's he plays well over there. He's another one of those guys that just has a good history when it comes to the open. So Tommy's in he's my pseudo number two. And he has won at Alfred Dunhill Links. I'm gonna try to pull this up. He has a really good history at that event too, so um let's see. I don't I can't pull up I can pull up his past two times or or just uh he was seventh last year at the Alfred Dunhill, so I think he's won it before, but Another guy in the same, you know, right in that price range who also likes Lynx Golf, even though, and he'll come in a little lower owned than Tommy, probably because his form has just not been great, is Hatton, Terrell Hatton. Um, I wanted to use him in the bar lineup, but at the same time, I'm like, he's just not playing great, but this uh, would seem like a place where he could rebound really well. I mean, he was second last year at the Alfred Dunhill. He's won it once or twice, so he's got a good... He's got a good history there as well. Actually, let's see. Best performances. All right. Why are you doing this to me? Let's see. Hatton at the Alfred Dunhill has won it twice sec in two seconds. That's significant. I mean, again, it's not that all the courses are on, you know, they're not all, it's not all four rounds at St. Andrews, but two of them are. And I believe uh, Carnoustie and... I forgot the other course I used in the rotation. It's a much better version of the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. <laughs> Hatton's got two top tens at the Open, by the way, too. Yeah, so, I mean, the fact, you know, I'm probably playing both, but at this point, if, you know, if I can get one at 10%, one at 15%, give me a 10% um, Hatton. Who are we fading in this tier? Or is there any other goodness you want to talk about? I don't have anybody else. I'll consider Neiman. I like he's that price. one I look at every time. Like, if he's 7,700, yes. 
8,000? It's that psychological being the 8. I, I just can't do it. There's just always a few guys above and below him I like a little bit better. He won the Genesis, right? And isn't that a comp course to Augustus? Or are we going to go like double comp course back to uh, with the uneven lies and stuff? Would that would that play a, a factor here? It could. I don't know. Ne- Neiman's on my radar at any rate. Is Riviera, though, more of a comp to Augustus just because the lefties? Because the fact like Phil is one, Bubba, uh, maybe Mike Weir. I don't know if Weir wanted a. I can't, I can't give you that much Mike Weir history. Yeah, I can't either. I wish I could. Yeah, I don't. Someday when I retire and I, ha- I can read Canadian golfer books. <laughs> also, are you playing Corey Connors? That Graham Dillette chapter is going to be crazy. Oh, um, he retired. I don't know that I'm playing Corey Connors, no. Um, I know I'm you just not. asked me that because I made a Canadian comment. Yes, I did. Um, well, who are you fading here? It's Brooks. Um, you, you say the DJ motivation thing, which I get. What's Brooks's motivation? I don't know. Did I don't know that I uh, shared the email or not the email, but the the YouTube video of his presser before uh, the Oregon Live event. <laughs> he was there with Pat Perez and uh, Patrick Reed, best friends. Oh my god, it was horrible. Um, I don't know. I almost could see him being motivated here for a lot of negative reasons. I mean, the one thing that would be scary about not using him is remember. He he started the professional tour on the European tour. Oh yeah, yep. Had some broke. success. And in fact, I think mm-hmm. he played well here in 2015, didn't he? Um, I don't know that. I know he's played well at the Open, um, yeah, and I know t- he's got the Euro history. He was tenth here in 2015. Yeah, along with, and that's one of four top tens. I can't fade Brooks here. I've got him like middle of the pack. I, I worry about him being unhealthy right now and not caring, mm-hmm. but I can't fade him because he just strikes me as the total like, oh, you guys don't like me now? Oh, well, let me show you this. And just absolutely get so motivated off of that and feed off of it. Yeah. Allah, his new best friend, Patrick Reed. Yeah. So who's your fade? I'm fading Bryson. Um, and it's more to the fact that, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of his finish at the Live Golf in Portland, but his finish at the U.S. Open wasn't good. He was missing cuts prior to that. Um, I can't. I just. I can't take anything from the Live Golf Tournament where he finished. I guess tenth um, at Portland. So, nah, he's my fate. I don't know that he's healthy yet. I've got to see it first. Okay. So, two questions. Number one: Are you using him in our league? I did not um, at the U.S. Open. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm lying to you, but I think I didn't. I think I've not used him. Okay. Second question. Would you bet him at 130 to 1? I I don't expect him to be good. That's a great number on Bryson, but no, I bet you I don't. I'm tempted. that, That this is just one of those talent numbers like that. Just it's I get why. But it's just like, okay. And of course that he basically probably could bomb and gouge, like, without any rough. Like, he won a U.S. Open doing this. Granted, he was in much better form then and all that. But, boy, um, that 130 to one's tempting to me. I probably will have to get in on that one. So where I'm looking, he's, like, next to names like Lucas Herbert and Dean Burmester, and it does not look right. 
at the sports book. Like those are the, the guys his, with the similar odds to him. What's his odds there? One twenty five. So for me, he's next, like in the same range as like Aaron Wise, Webb Simpson, Cam Young, Thomas Peters, Kevin Na, Gary Woodland, Bobby Mack. So. Yeah, Bobby Mack's down there. Now I can't wait to get to him. I'm I'm betting him. <laughs> in fact, shall we get to that range? I think have we have we uh, done what our due diligence in the eight Ks? Yes. Well, let's go to the seven Ks. Not going to read through them all, but I think it is important to mention that Daniel Berger, who I don't know if he would have been a good play at seventy nine hundred or not. He's out of the tournament, so. If you liked Burger, you got to move on. Skeeter, who do you like? Is there somebody that just stands out to you? Um, no, I have like guy. I have a lot of guys I like, but I don't stands out. I guess I'll probably go Ryan Fox. Just the form is continuing. I I realize you know he didn't have the best finish last week, but he's another guy who's played some who's played links golf pretty well throughout the years. He's, he's, an, he's another one who can just absolutely bomb it. So that should work on this course has a 16th, two years ago or three years ago at, um, at port rush. He's made the cut all three times. He's 7,100, just the form he's been on, on the DP world tour, great wedges. Like even in, you know, limited stats that we get, he's top 10 in all of my wedge ranges, fifth in driving distance. That alone with his form at 7,100, that's, you know, that's going to be hard for me to pass. I know he hasn't been great lately, but Robert McIntyre has had back-to-back great finishes yeah. when it comes to the the Open Championship. And while he missed the cut a week ago, he was very good two weeks ago at the Irish Open. He's from Scotland. He was playing good earlier in the year. I mean, he finished well at the Masters, for what it's worth, when we're talking that comp. He hasn't been playing great lately, but um, I'm going to take a stab at Bobby Mack. I've already used him a few. He's not gonna be real popular. In fact, he might be. He he's he's probably not a bad pivot off of who will be the most popular player in this range. And that's Max Homa, who I also will use and used at the bar as well. Yeah, I mean, he just continues to be consistent, rate out well, has no problem with tough courses, rates out well in all stats except around the green where he's just average. But he, Ethan putting is his best. He's basically top thirty every other stat I'm looking at except of opportunities getting around the green. So, yeah, he, he makes a ton of sense. Who else stands out to you? Um, I'm sorry, James. I got to do it. It's vampire season. I might use him too, man. Oh, I could I could allow him to yeah. come back to the come back to the good side. And... Well, he's going to miss a cut and he'll, he'll be banned for banned for again. But man, he's made what? Seven straight cuts. Including a sixth uh, when they played here back in 2015, his form has been improving. It's not been a great year, but we saw him shoot that 59 at, at Canada, where he legitimately could. Or no, he shot 60. Right? 60, but he bogeyed and then par. He bogey parred, I think, to finish or something. Or par like that. Yeah, he he legitimately could have shot 57 that day too, because he made three bogeys. How often do you see that? He now? did. It was crazy, dude. Because he, he had a hole out eagle, and I think he made another eagle too. Yeah, like two but, or one or two. Like he was gassed all the way. But again, he's just another guy who has played. I mean, who's played you know enough link style golf, Brit- British. Um, he, he can adjust to whatever style. Good history here. I'm actually trying to look up to see if I can figure out what he did in 2010. Because I'm assuming he didn't. Oh, he did not play the Open in 2010. Okay, just what I assumed he did. But 
But, um, no, I, I just think Link's style kind of fits him a little bit, and he's able to adjust. So, he's up there. Um, Seamus Power just continues to rate out well and put up decent results. 25th at Travelers, 12th at the U.S. Open, missed the Memorial, but the Irons have been there, and I think he's another one I'm going to go back to. What about a boy, Patrick Reed? He's already garnered enough conversation. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm not giving a lot of uh, credence to his live golf finish where he was third uh, uh, in Portland. But he was okay at the U.S. Open. He was T49. He plays the Open uh, the open pretty well, too. Is Patrick Reed somebody I should consider here? Because I am. I don't hate it. I mean, it's... Um... It's interesting, he's played it seven times. He's either been top 30 or missed cuts. And he was 20th here back in 2015. So I don't hate it. If I'm playing my live golfer in this range, it's uh, it's Taylor Gooch who keeps who rates up really well. Good wedges. Number one three-putter avoidance. Number one around the green. His approach numbers are fine. His driving distance is fine. He's The only, the only downfall is he's not a great par four player, but... I mean, we're starting at the range where you can't get everything you want. 7,300 isn't bad, and I don't know what he's done on live, and you know he's probably taking some negative attention for thinking that the live events equal the Ryder Cup as far as intensity. Um, be interesting to see things about the Open at St Andrews. I'm sure that's going to be a little more intense than live at Portland, but um, but if you take but if you just take the nonsense stats away, there's a statements away. He makes sense stat wise. Keegan Bradley at seventy two hundred. Yes. Um, I mean, if we're going to have an American win this thing, a guy named Keegan would fit. We'll get back, you know, a true New Englander. Get back at the Brits for the Revolution, you know. Yeah, dog, I like that. After they yeah. took one from us around July fourth here at the, our oh, national yeah. championship. That's right. Dog, I like that too. Yeah. All right, uh, Keegan's <laughs> had some decent finishes in the Open, not. Uh, not anything spectacular, but seventy two hundred um, beyond the goofy narrative that I just would love, um, because geez, we're friends now. But yeah, he had now he missed the cut at twenty fifteen here. That's wrapped around a bunch of top twenties, three of them. He hasn't been good as of late, but we know Keegan hasn't been good as of late. So I'm in. I'm into him here. What's he done recently? I thought he was. Okay. I thought he's been. I mean, in his Open Championship oh, history, oh, last couple of years, because this year he's been great. Before this, he had been really poor. No, he's been fine lately. I mean, he missed the cut at the Scottish Open, but I'm ready to take another role with him. Well, and I don't remember, but there were some missed cuts at the Scottish Open. There, there was a massive wave advantage. If you were morning, if you were AM PM, I think you had like a three shot advantage over PM AM. And so, again, I don't. So, I mean, that's one thing I guess we run on dig into. You can see whether if if they're a part of the bad wave, you got no chance. Even though that being said, Xander was in the wrong wave and he won, kind of like JT was the PGA. He was in the wrong wave and won. So that's interesting how that plays out. But uh, but no, Keegan putting has actually been pretty good over thirty six rounds. He's twenty second. Boy, I never thought I'd see that day. Um, yeah, he makes a lot of sense here. Um, same price points. I love playing Russell Henley, so I'll probably go there. Great wedges. Um, not, not the best scrambler, which could be a little bit of an issue here. And then uh, HV3 do anything for you? You're usually always. Not. Yeah, yeah, always. Good score, good approach, not bad scrambler, good three-part avoidance uh, wedges. Yeah, okay. So. And he won a big one in Europe this year, actually, right? No, no, that was Saudi. Okay, I'm sorry. 
what's the, you know, what's the DP tour? Actually, I don't, I don't even know if that was, was it? DP. That okay. Been the Asian I might be full of it. No, it's, it's goofy and I don't fully remember, but no, I mean, he's got a wins over, he's got an international win and he won the Australian PGA a few years ago. So, you know, watch him, watch him get a major, <laughs> not in the United States as we're saying with Fina. Hey. That's fine. He comes from the Carolinas. That's also part of the Revolution territory. We can we we can still work that narrative. I could spin that spin that yarn. Hey, Gary, doesn't matter where you win a major either. It's uh, that's correct. You take him wherever you get. I mean, you know, Ben Curtis won one here. So, does Gary Woodland at seventy one hundred do anything for you coming off of a uh, decent Scottish Open? Yeah, it's good wedges. I he's gonna feel like you know. I'm if he gets really popular, I'm just I'm out on him. But it doesn't look like he's going to be overly popular, so I'm there. Um, interest. Here's an interesting one because he got added today. When Daniel Berger withdrew, Thigala got in. I don't know what his Open champion. You know, I think this is his debut appearance. I don't know if he's ever played lace golf before, but somebody who's hit the irons as well, and he's got some distance. I don't hate Thigala. I I jot him down as a potential play here, but I I do wonder like what his experience level was. If that matters, you know, if that matters, it may or may not uh, to at that price. What about Cam Tringali? I was uh, no. more or less one amazing round, but no pass for me. All right. Well, my brother gave me that ball. He got autographed by him. So now we're Tringali fans here in the family. I mean, if I'm playing, I mean, I have two seven K golfers. I'm looking at Kevin Na. Who just kind of randomly pops up at majors from time to time? Like, I don't know what he's been doing over on Live, but um, he kind of could be that. And then, guy who has just dominated the Alfred Dunhill throughout the years, um, besides Fleetwood and and uh, Hatton, would be uh, would be Danny Willett. Um. 7K. I mean, he won. He won the Alfred Dunhill last year. I think he. Ha- I think he's won it one other time too. I'm trying to pull this up here. He's won at Augusta, as you well know. Yep. Um. Yeah. He second in 2010. I. I thought he won some other time, but he's just another linksy style golfer that kind of has been an okay. Kind of shows up from time to time, but I like him here at 7K. I think he. I think he actually gives you some decent upside. I think that exhausts my level of excitement for the the 7K tier. Is there anyone left for you? Um, I mean, I'd love to go with my boy Frankie, but um, not sure I can pull that one off. Who are you fading in this tier? Oh, I mean, I guess the legit fade, and I don't know if I'll use him in our league, is Cam Young. Just after that... After that horrible disaster at you know the Memorial, I mean he rallied to nearly make the cut at the U.S. Open, including a hole in one. But he just hasn't, you know, he's kind of faded off a little bit. You know, missed terribly at the Scottish Open. I think he might have been part of the bad wave, so that's just not. So I'll kind of hold, not hold that against him. But you know, just kind of not in a great form. He's missed the cut in two of the three majors. Granted, he was third in the in the PGA, but. I mean, he still rates up well stat-wise, but I just uh, I think we might be seeing him kind of fizzle out a little bit this year. I was going to tell you I was going to fade Leishman, and and then I'm just I 
know how good he's played the open and finished second here. Can I? Can he be my fade? I didn't mention him. I skipped right past him. Sure. I mean, but should he? I mean, what has he done recently? Recently, nothing. But he finished second at 2015 here. Um, he was 14th at the U.S. Open out of seemingly nowhere and was 34th at the PGA and was 30th at the Masters. So somehow or another, the three majors this year, he's been decent with nothing really to go around it. Yeah, 14th at the U.S. Open is his best finish in this calendar year. 15th at Genesis, 16th at I mean, he does play hard course as well. So that's, I mean, one thing you could use, but I, I don't have any interest. I hate making him my fade. I'll make Ian Poulter my fade. <laughs> That's, you know, what's, there's another, nothing wrong with that. By the way, we went through this whole tier. We didn't even bring up Tiger. We didn't. <laughs> I can't play him. Um, I just worry, you know, temperatures in the 50s and 60s. Like, I haven't been playing a lot, but boy, that body, just with the cold weather, colder weather, I worry about that. Um. There's a chance I set a lineup with Tiger in it, but it won't be out of logic or like reasoning. It'll just be because. So, really, Tiger is, I think, both of them. He's my fade, truthfully, because I'm I'm not going to play him. I just kind of figured that's, I don't know. He's a big enough name that everybody's already kind of got their opinion, I would think. One more guy, and we haven't seen him since match play. I'm interested in him, too. I'm interested in him, too. I mean, it's, it's a major. Paul Casey's $7,500 pricing is about right for a major. Just join Liv. Haven't seen him since March. A lot of things going against him. I can't do it, but boy, it's it's, uh, it's tempting. I did it at Augusta and ate it. And ate it. And knew it was yeah, coming. I think I did too. And we knew it was a chance. We knew it might get us, and we did it anyway. Yeah, I when, might... it when it happened, of course, Twitter was complaining. I think I sent you a text like, well, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. You knew it. You knew it because he. I mean, he was up front about the back injury and playing. You know, trying to trying to play through the match play, and then you know wanted to play the Masters, and there was no alternate, so there was nothing wrong with what he did. Like, um, I'm defending all live guy here. What's going on? I mean, you gotta be objective. You do. You do. Um, all right. Are we ready to go to the six Ks? Yeah. Are we? Yes. I like it. All right. Well, I'll start with you then. I, I think I know where you're going, but why don't you go ahead and lay it on me? Um, I got a few players I like, but of course, I mean, you know, Lee Westwood kind of left for live, so I don't know if I can claim him as my guy anymore, but you know what? There's always some other people who can fill that role, especially some DP World Tour guys, and hey, he's just coming off a win a few weeks ago. It's Haltong season. He's he now great. He's won a team event on the Alfred Dunhill, but I think he's got an okay. Um, I think he's got a top ten in an Open Championship before. That sounds right. Yeah, he was third in twenty seventeen. So he was behind Kucher and Spieth that year. Two straight missed cuts here, but he he kind of went through some struggles last year. Been playing pretty well, and again, coming off a win a few weeks ago, he can hit the ball a little bit. Uh, good three putt avoidance. 6900 I think that's a reasonable price for Hao Tong. I'm not going to argue with that. I like Hao Tong Lee. I mean, when we get to a major, there's names that's, that pop out a little bit in the 6Ks. Um, not necessarily a name that I'm on, but I will ask you this. I would consider Kevin Kisner, a good comp to him would be a Zach Johnson, not the longest hitter. 
could this be a location where Kisner pulls one off, or was it just the perfect scenario that year for Zach? I mean, Zach is really good with his wedges, or he was at the time. Um, yeah. What's Kisner's history here? I have no clue, by the way. Uh, he was second in 2018. Who won that one? Oh, Molinari's here. <laughs> Sorry, just uh, I wasn't sure, quite frankly, and then you said that, and I just got a chuckle because I know, but of all folks, I mean, he's made five cuts in a row, Kisner has, but second, 30th, 54th, 73rd, 76th, not exactly great, but the six K's, I mean, I mean, I'm okay with it, okay. I was just curious, like that, I don't even really have a feeling on him as much as I was just asking. I mean, even when he popped at the Travelers out of nowhere, it was all putter, so that's a little bit of a worry, but played well at the player. I mean, basically, he's got to rely on his putter, which that doesn't sound like something I want to really rely on. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. I think I'm going Keith Mitchell. Um, he's playing yeah. really well. Uh, I know he does. he's missed the cut the last two times out, so there's no great Open Championship history, but at least he's played uh, in the Open Championship a couple times, so may have an idea what he's stepping into. Um, Keith Mitchell was one of my D golfers at the bar when I got away from Keegan and, and Woodland. So I like Keith Mitchell at 6,900. I think that's a pretty good price. It's not bad. I mean, he has a couple top tens at the travelers in Canada. It was 36 at Genesis. Um, wedge range is a little bit of a concern for him, but good scrambler, good birdie, good driving distance. So Good putter, but bad at three-putt avoidance, so that might be a little bit of an issue there. Who else are you interested in? Uh, Chris Kirk, another one with really good wedges. Not farthest distance-wise, but he's just kind of been solid the past couple of years. I don't know what his history is. I'm trying to stack him with Trevor Lawrence. Ah, you know, that's a very good idea. <laughs> well, what he about, has a nineteenth uh, back in twenty fourteen at the Open. What, what about? Um, hold on, I think there is. A, I think Thurston Lawrence is uh, playing. Well, T Law, it's still T Law. Yeah, that works. I guess that's yeah. a good stack. There you go. Yeah, Kirk and uh, and Thurston and uh, golf. Trevor and Christian and football. I, there you there go. go. I like that correlation. <laughs> um, I could use Chris Kirk as well. I'm trying to figure out why in the world I put a star by Higo. Uh, I can't answer that one for I you. I have no idea why I did that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Grillo rates out pretty well, but uh, I don't know if I can trust him. Like, he had a good putting week at John Deere, and that's random for him. So I have no idea why I did that for Higo. I haven't won at 6,500, but I'll hold off on that one. If there's anybody else you want to mention before I get to that one. Brian Harmon? Talk about a guy hey, I can't get right recently. Brian Harmon. Not a great open history, but was 19th last year. I'm passing on Harmon. Okay. Um, Kurt Kitayama? He was... He, I think he was tied with Xander at one point yes, uh, yesterday. Yeah. He was the clubhouse leader that I'm Xander gonna... could have bogeyed back to, and at one time I think was the lead... Yeah, he did take the lead because I was kind of hoping, like, 
Alright, I, I I can use Xander not winning for one and one and none purposes. What has Kitayama done recently? Oh, three missed cuts in a random second. Um Yeah. Second at Mexico, third at Honda. Okay. I mean he's got he's got DP World Tour experience. Um I don't think I'm going there, but I certainly get it. Or if I get to the point I need one more guy in this range, I could see myself going there. Who do you like at 6,500? Because now I'm only firing questions at you more than I am um, giving you players I truly believe in. Grant, he play, he doesn't have a ton of starts because he mainly plays on the Asian tour, but Johan Kim, he was third at Scotland, 23rd at the U.S. Open, um, 17th at Byron Nelson. He actually does have 36 registered rounds on Fantasy National, which is a little surprising. Let me pull him up here. Yeah, nothing great, but when I look at the per-tournament basis, um, around the green's okay. His approach is kind of inconsistent, but for somebody who's brought, who's, and I think he's been playing well over on the Asian Tour at 6,500, um, I don't hate him. And I think actually, actually, I think he's played a couple opens. Let me like let me ask you about one Marcus Armitage. Uh, I'll be honest, he did not come up in any of my research, so okay. He's been making cuts over in Europe on the DP World Tour. He's not, you know, he doesn't play U.S. golf. Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm somewhat of a fan uh, of his. He's a he's a chubby, smiley young lad. <laughs> When he won, dude, he started, I don't know, it was, it was a very cool scene when he won, so I've just kind of started following him because I like him, and he's been making cuts, so I would like to use him, and I probably will, but that's okay if you have nothing for me. Here's a guy, I'm almost guaranteeing you have nothing for me, but I'm looking at what he's done here recently, and I'm going to have to ask you about him at seventy or 6,400 from Paraguay, Fabrizio Zanotti. Was it a, the Irish Open he popped? Yeah. T4. But he was 36 again last week at Scottish. Good form. It's an incredibly good form. Does he have any history? I feel like he's been around a little while. No, I don't have any history on him. Um. Hmm. Okay. That's, actually, in his registered rounds, he's 15th in wedges from 100 to. Oh, well. He's got good wedges. Okay. I can get behind that. I don't think I have anyone else for you. Are you going to play the recent winner narrative of Trey Mullinax at 6,200? I am not. Um, I think his his prize for winning was getting there. Um, if I was going down any further, I'd maybe consider John Catlin, the oh. American who plays over on the DP World Tour. Well, any any interest in Zach Johnson because he's got a good open history, but boy, I just no. I mean, I'm uh, like at this point, he isn't quite uh, like Paul Lowry or John Daly, past champions, but he's kind of sort of is. Yeah, at least he's making cuts, but yeah, I I gave him a brief brief look. Uh, I've seen some people on Dietry, tenth at Scotland, fifty eighth at. Ireland, uh, 15th the BMW a few weeks back. I think he's got, I think he's a 
got pretty good driving distance as well if you wanted to play that narrative. I think I've capped out on my 6K, guys. But at the uh, but you never know because I think I'm going to be trying to fit in three 9K, guys. So I might I might be taking some swipes down here. Um, I mean, if you want to play live form, Justin Harding won uh, Portland. And I think he actually I thought he had a decent finish here at the Open one year. Yeah, he was 19th last year. I'm not going there, but I don't think he's the worst play. I just feel like I need to see more. I can't take the live form with much like, I don't know. I can't, I can't take it. I don't want to say I can't take it seriously, but I can't take it real seriously right now. Right. I, I get it. Anything else from 6K? I mean, I have a fade. All right. Who are you fading out of this wonderful tier of golfers? Phil. All right, all right, all right. He's struggling on a live. What's he going to do here? That's fair. You know what? There's actually one more 6K name. We passed Stuart Sink. He is a past Open champion, is he not? He is. And he finished 24th at the Scottish, and we know he was hot last year. Stuart Sink's actually a name that uh, I don't know why I bypassed, but I'm interested in him as I was looking. I was looking for a fade, and I was like, well, I know he ain't a fade, but I think he might be a use. Uh, had good form going into the PGA, did well there, and then kind of came out of that with three missed cuts, 53rd at Travelers, 24th at Janet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll use him, but at least consideration. Yeah, he won the year Tom Watson, uh, had the lead all the way through. and then. Oh, yeah, Tom at Troon or something is, that's another good, uh, TV program if you can find it. And that's was, a really good one. Sink was, I mean... Past five times he's played, he has three. I mean, he's made the cut three times 20th, 24th, and 20th, and one of those 20th was here in 2015. Okay. Gonna uh, look at Stu Sink a little bit. I guess I need to give you a fade. I'm looking at guys, I'm like, well, I could make a narrative for him. Um, I'm gonna fade you, boy, EVR. He's missing a lot uh, of cuts right now. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I like how I jump on some of these Euro guys. They go through streaks, whether Tatong, EVR, Fox. Yeah, I think we all do that. I don't know. I don't know if I have any other random Euros right now, or international players, I guess. But maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Tom. I think Tom Kim is what they call him. Um, maybe if he does well this weekend play, maybe I'll adopt him. All right, well, I, uh, I'm i hoping that maybe I throw a bet down on Hatton or something and it wins, or Danny Willett. So I'm hoping that uh, somebody I've already pseudo-adopted or getting ready to adopt comes into my, my stable. Yeah. All right, you ready for your favorite part of the show? <laughs> One and done? Yeah. It's my favorite part, all right. <laughs> Who did you play last week? I picked Samuel Burns. He was 4% owned. A beautiful T66 for a whopping $17,168. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, it's more than I got when I used him because he missed a cut. It doesn't because you're going you're gonna to cash out, hopefully, and I'm not. So I'd rather you, I'd rather take all the, the hits here and let you get all the, 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 the good hits, I should say. I'll take all the misses. You get the hits. I appreciate it. We'll turn a favor next year. Um, so... A month ago, I had Victor Hovland, you know, slotted in for this one. That's not happening. 
For me, I'm down to... I'm pretty sure I'm using Zalatoris. If I get really bold, I use Hatner Louie. Or Fox. I have JT, Brooks, DJ. Like, only... I, I can't... I'm either sitting on Brooks or DJ if I don't use them, or I'm sitting on both. I could use Matt Fitzpatrick. I literally have no good options... I mean, I could use more Akawa, but I told you it was my fade up top. Like, at this point, I don't even know where I'm going. Uh, DJ Fitzpatrick would be the way I would go. Yeah. I might use DJ just because... Can't use him again. I can't use him again. And you know what? No, I don't know if I can use him either. He was my fade in, in 9K. Oh, Brooks? No. Oh. <laughs> DJ was. DJ was. Well, I, don't, I think I'd almost rather use Brooks because I could see his, uh, I could see his, I'll just, you know, F the world mentality. Well, then do it because nobody's playing him. I mean. He is in there. He's my play. It doesn't even matter at this point. I am literally in 3,549th place. I am continuing to just try and not be the loser. Well, I mean. If you're not going to win, you might as well just tank. I mean, it's like, it's like you know, okay, if I'm going to finish, um, you know, you know, okay, if I'm going to have a terrible lineup, I might as well just go six. I might as well go zero for six. No, with that, see, but you've already set that lineup. I can't tank now because I'm in the process of being bad. So then it's like it's not a real, it's not a real like official nice four thousandth place finish unless I try. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> for, for whatever that's worth. Skeeter, what else do you have about the uh, the beautiful 150th Open here in St. Andrews? I don't have anything else. I would say one other thing you could do if you really want to, one and done, just for fun, just play Tiger. Yeah, I could. I mean, that certainly would be a fun hit if it hit. Um, I'm so far behind that I'm not sure it would make its way to the leaderboard for anyone to notice, though. No, but you know what? You could at least say, hey, look, I used that. Hey, I won a Tiger when nobody was using him at a place he's won twice. So. Saying, look what I did. Have your uh, Twitter <laughs> screenshot. There you go. I think that could be uh, that could be that could be the way to move forward. Um, well, Skeeter, that's all I've got for the Open. You got anything else for me, my man? I don't. All right. Well, good luck to you this week, and uh, good luck to everyone listening. Skeeter, let's uh, let's finish strong, my friend. Let's let's have a nice, juicy sweat come Sunday afternoon. Well. I mean, I certainly will take it, but it's at the, but I'm really rooting for you. I know it's not been your <laughs> best year, but... Um, it's been you know my what? worst year. That's okay. You know what? It takes one It takes one tournament. So, I mean, my year was made in January at the American Express. You know what? If you're uh, if you're up in contention, the Nully Maker, whatever tournaments you're in on Sunday, um, you know what? Who cares about the rest of it? You'll be, uh, you'll be just fine. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, good luck to you, my friend, and good luck to everyone uh, listening. We certainly appreciate you. And for Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.